0: Dedicated to providing the finest personalized health care. We're Oroville Hospital. Here's another edition of our podcast, Growing Healthy Together.
1: Every year, millions of Americans quit smoking or try to quit smoking. And maybe this year, you've decided to be one of them. You know that it's going to be a tough journey, but we've got some answers for you here with my guest to help you begin this process. My guest is Dr. Siddharth Baga. He's a pulmonologist with Oroville Hospital. Dr. Baga, let's talk about some of the harmful effects and the financial burden and really the economic impact that smoking has on the country today.
0: Um, smoking is the most preventable cause of uh, injury to the body in the country at this point, uh, in, in today's date. Uh, financially, it costs people uh, a significant amount of their annual, annual earnings to support this habit and in the process is hurting their body in multiple ways from the lungs the cardiac the risk of cancer to uh joint pains and even uh, uh even uh, uh difficulties with uh, vascular uh, vascular approaches to the organs and uh ulceration so the problem is not just a financial it's a, it's also a burden on the patient's body and on the society as a whole cuz as people with um, smoking related lung disease or other organ diseases get worse then uh, that burden then either passes on to them as terms of the cost that they have to pay or back to the society and the society then foot's the bill for the entirety of uh, care for people who can't afford to take care, care for themselves so cigarette smoking is literally the most important healthcare care uh, problem that the United States faces at this point point it's uh, in its in its stage
1: so why is it so hard to quit? What's the addictive property of smoking? And Dr. Baga, what happens when somebody quits smoking?
0: Um, cigarette smoking is, uh, creates a pathway in your brain uh, that is very similar to what the uh, feedback that we get when we eat. Um, you could imagine that everybody we meet is uh, addicted to food, and uh, what the cigarette provides with us uh, provide you with is nicotine. Nicotine is best delivered through smoke. Um, if there was a way to deliver nicotine as rapidly to your brain as smoke does, uh, all the cigarette manufacturers would jump on it. Um, cigarettes are not a device to sell you smoke. It's a device to sell you nicotine. And nicotine has the addictive properties. Uh, nicotine is also essentially what gets released in your brain after eating. So it's just as hard to quit smoking as it is to quit uh, eating. So that is why when people attempt to quit smoking, they always Feel the need to eat more to augment that and the missing uh, enzymes in the body, they feel they're not as good, they're not feeling as good as they had before when they were smoking. So people tend to gain weight. Uh, Nicotine replacement products, even though they are effective at giving the nicotine, they're not as quick as getting that information, that nicotine to your brain. So be never able to associate that addiction, uh, that every puff makes me feel better right away rather than taking a lozenge or a nicotine gum, which makes me feel better 20 minutes later. Um, so the problem is not so much, the the addiction is not the smoke. The addiction is from the nicotine and, uh, quitting is just that difficult because it is one widely available and used to be society, uh, supported by society. And two, um, it is, it's as difficult to quit as it is to quit smoking, uh, quit
1: eating. So what do you think is harder to quit the behavioral portion? Because for some people it's, going out in the garage or the movement between their fingers or whatever the behavioral aspect of it is, or the physiological, that addictive nicotine, you know, prospect, which do you think it's tougher? And while you're answering that question, Dr. Baga, start with the process. What's the first thing you want people to think about when they're thinking about whether it's behavioral or physiological and what you want them to do first?
0: So, um, most people who are smoking nowadays started usually when they were younger. Uh, they were targeted heavily by cigarette company ads uh, and uh, even, unfortunately, physicians earlier in the years. So it was societally the normal thing to do, even, in quotes, cool thing to do. Um, that has stuck uh, in a lot of people's heads as that's the norm. And to think that cigarette smoking advertisement has stopped uh, would be a mistake they They still spend about nine billion dollars a year in advertising, even though they're not on t v they're not on radio they're not on they're just print ads. so there's a lot of effort still in convincing people that cigarette smoking is the right thing for them to do. so the behavioral aspect of it is you have um in a process that you're used to doing. Uh, There is some structure in your family, be your friend, your, uh, your car, your coffee in the morning that triggers that behavioral aspect and you want to do it and you can't give that up because it's the first thing you do. And once you start for the day, you're not giving up. A lot of times I talk to my patients about realizing that there are uh multiple ways to quit smoking but the first step is to admit to yourself that you are interested and a lot of times i ask patients are you interested in quitting smoking and if they're not quitting and, and not interested in quitting smoking they're not going to succeed um so step 1 is always to identify am i ready to quit smoking and if you are then that, that's excellent uh, there are multiple pathways uh, including uh what we call cold, cold turkey uh which is, you know, you just stop and you give up. And if you have the willpower and you have the, the mental capacity to do it, you do well and you remain quit smoking. But most people end up using some kind of smoking cessation aid, be it lozenges, gum, chance, uh, medications, or behavioral therapy, including hypnotism or uh, electronic cigarettes. Uh, most people We'll find what works for them, mostly by a trial and error method, but the the patches are probably the first step once the patient's ready to quit smoking or understands that they are ready and willing. I tell them to develop a quit date, uh, figure out their triggers, avoid those triggers, and um, then act on it and then hold themselves accountable, hold, have a family member, hold them, hold them accountable make appointments with the physicians to check in every few weeks to make sure, hey, I'm on track or do I do I need more support or am I doing well the way I am? Um, and that that is the way I would typically approach most patients who are trying to quit uh,
1: smoking. If yeah. nicotine is so addictive, if someone goes on the patch or they're trying Chantix or any of these others, will they experience that nicotine withdrawal and what can they expect those first weeks to feel like?
0: Um Nicotine is very addictive. Um, it is the whole reason the industry is still surviving despite so many bad outcomes happening from the use of this product. There is no other product that causes cancer and is still available on the market on a routine basis. Um, if you think that... Uh, uh, so the so when you stop nicotine, people have a transient withdrawal syndrome uh, where they feel like that they are missing a calming... Uh, source in their body. Nicotine uh, itself raises your levels of stress in the body and then use of nicotine then brings it back down to a normal. So when when people notice that my stress levels have increased, it's not because nicotine, uh, lack of nicotine is doing that. It's because the nicotine already raised it to a higher level and it brought, then just brought it back down to a normal. So when people take, uh, take up quitting smoking and they notice these withdrawal symptoms, um, use of patches to Stabilize this withdrawal symptom is the best way. Lozenges, uh, gum also work well, but people don't tend to associate that instantaneous effect as they get with cigarettes. Um, so it is a it is a it is a matter of uh, grit and kind of persistence through the initial withdrawal phase. And once that withdrawal phase goes away, most people are able to tolerate. Uh, they don't have any significant nicotine withdrawal as your brain re. It rewires itself to not expect such a high level of nicotine.
1: What about the worry of things like weight gain with quitting or going to social events when you feel like that's been sort of a crutch or where people might be smoking and the advent of vaping you know jewels and these e cigarettes that supposedly are better for you in quotes um the societal
0: aspect of smoking has drastically improved over the last five, ten years. Uh there are grading systems for states on providing places that are smoke free, uh not allowing in public places, and almost every state is moving in that direction. So the majority of the societal impact that people notice with smoking is are in their own houses. And as people realize more and more that smoking in and around their house is making their family members sicker, um, their kids get developed asthma. Um them developing other health conditions, people are realizing that that is not what they want for their family. So the societal impact, I think, is less and less. In fact, it, I think uh, it, it promotes the quitting of smoking. Um, as for the newer replacement products of cigarette industry, uh, the jewel products and the electronic cigarettes, those are, um, a means of behavioral modification. If somebody is, uh, is anxious and needs something in their hands or mouth or something along those lines to keep them occupied, it is a means of moving away from cigarette. but by no means is it healthy for you. The electronic cigarettes have also been known to have carcinogens in them. Um, even though their initial products are deemed very safe, they are still found to have uh, carcinogens um uh, not in the highest quantity of cigarettes, but they're still there. Uh, it's the equivalent of saying I'm going to be uh, eating, you know, a pound of butter because it's better than eating a pound of uh, some oil or something bad. So it's equivalent in the the bad outcomes, but it's it's newer, so it's more society societally acceptable, uh, but still is not good for you.
1: And if you slip up. If you've got that willpower, maybe you went cold turkey, maybe you did the patch or you did some medication-assisted, you went to support and counseling, you did all of the things that are really good ways to quit smoking. Dr. Baga, what if you have a slip-up, then what? you get right back on the wagon. And also speak about your smoking cessation program and what it offers.
0: So I typically tell my patients that uh, failing to quit smoking is not a failure. Failure to start quitting smoking is the complete failure. So I have patients who start quitting smoking and they fail uh twice a week. They keep at it. The, the goal is to not quit on quitting. And as long as you keep trying, you will succeed. I've had patients try to quit smoking for two years and then eventually come to a point in their life, either financially or health-wise or mentally, that they're just, this is not the right thing for me. And then the next day they're done. Um So... Because you have failed once or twice or three times is not an indication to stop, stop trying. Um, so there are multiple other avenues of trying to treat smoking. So if you fail once, uh, fail one, try the other, try the next and uh, keep going. Uh, your physician should be able to help with that. Our, uh, in our uh, community here, we have a smoking cessation program. Uh, It is a clinic visit that is based solely for the purpose of helping patients quit smoking. Most of the times when you go to your primary care, out of the 10 medical problems you have, one of those is quitting smoking and literally has very minimal amount of time spent on them, counseling provided or options discussed. In our clinic, we discuss only smoking cessation, we uh, discuss the options, the avenues, the medications, the side effects, the risks, the benefits, and the expectations. And patients seem to accept that more readily, understand that this is the focus, and once they realize that this is the goal, uh, they're able to act more decisively on that.
1: Then wrap it up for us, because this is really a great topic and so important for our society. Dr. Vega, give your best advice for people that love somebody who smokes or are considering quitting themselves and what you really want them to know about just the the tough part, getting started, which seems to be everybody's biggest fear.
0: Um. The biggest obstacle is ourselves in trying to quit smoking. So we have been brainwashed for the longest time by society, by media, by everybody around us who smokes, that this is not bad enough. This is what helps. This is what you need. Um And we need to change that mindset. I typically talk to my patients and I discuss with them and I said, I tell them, uh, imagine if there was a medication that you would have to pay completely out of your pocket, no insurance coverage. Uh, to calm your brain, and in the process, this medicine would cause you to have heart attacks, strokes, um, and lung cancer. And I asked them the question, and asked them, to, and have them say, would you ever pay for a medicine out of your own pocket? And the answer is a, a resounding no. And then I asked them, what if that medicine was cigarettes, and it came in the form of a cigarette? I mean, the pill was a cigarette. Would you buy that cigarette? And the answer is absolutely not. And it changes a mindset. You see a light bulb go off in people's head, and they realize, yeah, I'm doing this to myself at my own cost to hurt myself. And that, that is the good start uh, where you can realize I don't need to do this. This is not, this is not in my best interest.
1: Wow. What a great analogy, because really, you, you know, the light bulb went off in my head too, when you said that it's like, wow. And plus the cost of it is so expensive for smokers. Thank you so much for coming on today, Dr. Baga, and explaining all of this and sharing your expertise and telling us about the smoking cessation program at Oroville Hospital because it's so important that people take that first step. Thank you again for joining us. You're listening to Growing Healthy Together, a podcast by Oroville Hospital. For more information, please visit OrovilleHospital.com. That's OrovilleHospital.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for tuning in.